because my friend was nice on the shares division. I don't have money. Like, I can't gamble. Thank you guys for providing the perfect intros to our podcast. This is a sports podcast. I set you guys up. Yosef Nasser here alongside Armand Tendravi. Tony Garcia, Evan Brooks, no Harry Leo. He's on his way back from China. And guys, we had an electric wild card weekend. Um, I went one and three on my picks. Titans are the only team that uh, pulled through for me. How'd you guys do? I went one and three over overall, but two one and one on the on the spread. Okay, good for you. So it was mm-hmm. all right. My Super Bowl champion's out. So yeah, I'm, me too. I'm the Saints. Hey, I'm still alive. Ravens, baby, still alive. Uh, this is a cop out, but I truly, truly think if they would have gone through that hurdle, they probably could have won the NFC. Let's I said it. I said it on our pod two yeah. days ago. I said I thought the winner of that game. I, said, I don't give a shit if the Vikings have to do it and take this tough path. The winner of this game is go is going is going to represent the NFC. And I, the Vikings were slept on. Let's go right to that game. Saints Vikings. Why? Why? Couldn't the Saints pull it through, in your opinion, Armand? Kirk Cousins, first of all, kudos to him. Deserves a tip of the cap. He made a couple huge game-changing, game-altering throws. From the Saints' perspective, the DB, how do you not get your head turned around on a fade route? How do you not even look at the ball? Other one, Lattimore, how do you get lost in the deep throw to, was that Thielen down the sideline and like uh, on the right sideline, remember that play? The field goal, missed field goal. Yeah, they saved the timeout. Everybody's like, why did Sean Payton not – who who saved the timeout? He saved the timeout so he can use it when Drew Brees needed it, so he can use the middle of the field. That was obvious. 30 seconds left. Drew Brees has a pos- in position to win the game with a touchdown, which I thought he was going to score. And then what happens? They don't get lined up, and they get a uh, freaking illegal formation. How do you do that? And then the runoff happens because of that. These are mental mistakes that the Saints made. The Vikings deserve a tip of the cap because typically the Vikings lose that game, but they won it. But, I mean. Do they typically lose? Yeah, the Vikings are soft, man. The Vikings are soft. I don't care what anybody says. That team is soft. Fanism Hell yeah, out. They're, they're soft. But kudos to them. They deserve kudos. I mean, I think sometimes you're just on like the wrong side of the coin flip, literally and figuratively. Like Dalvin Cook, his knee was just down before that fumble with three minutes left that would have put the Saints up four. I don't know if Kirk leads that game-winning drive right there. Um, the Vikings win, win the literal coin toss in overtime. And, I mean, the best – I've watched Kirk Cousins since – for a, a decade plus, and that was the best throw I've ever seen him make. Big spot, big throw, got to have it. Bread basket o- over two defenders right right to Thielen. Uh, and then a, a fade route, which is the worst play call you can have on third and goal. Jump ball. I mean, you see I mean, you see cover zero coming at you. You know you got to get it. Kyle Rudolph has six inches on the DB and ball game. What was your perception of Kirk Cousins before this game, and how does this game, if anything, change it? Because for me, I always saw Kirk as the kind of guy who had been given a lot of those opportunities with the Redskins in particular where you know he had a game that would put them in the playoffs and he wouldn't show up. Giants game, I remember, Panthers game. The pe- playoff game against the Packers, he didn't do enough. They signed him uh, a year ago, the Vikings do, to be that last piece to get the Vikings over the hump. Remember the year before they had lost in the NFC Championship game to the Philadelphia Eagles with Case Keenum. The Eagles, of course, went on to win that Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) I had to throw it in. Um, But, you know, 
I, I had this stereotype of Kirk as a guy who's not clutch, but I have to reevaluate my position. What do you guys think? What do you think of him before? What do you think of him now? I mean, go ahead, Evan. Um, well, for me, I mean, I've been banging the, banging the drum for Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think he's a good player. He needs – I mean, he obviously needs – needs weapons around him to, you know, be at the peak of his performance. But, I mean, I think he's a good player. I don't know if he can elevate a team like Mahomes or Lamar or whoever you want to say. But, I mean, if he has pieces around him, great running back, two great receivers, a decent offensive line, I mean, he can make plays, and he showed it yesterday. So, I think, I mean, I definitely, like you said, reevaluating. Like, I mean, you got to give him credit, like Armand was saying. He played well. Everybody's like, he can't win the big game. And he went and beat the Saints, who mo- most people had in the Super Bowl, if not winning it. So you got to give him credit. And now, you know, he's shown he can do it. He just has to build off of it. How often do we say that, like, like the ultimate what-if sports questions, uh, an athlete is so often a product of his environment, yep. and Kirk Cousins is an average talent with above-average cerebral decisions and leadership ability where if you put him I mean you can't just say like get the right pieces around him and he's going to be great like Mitch Trubisky has a lot of good and I'm not just doing this to like Slater no please do even if you were but like like, I'm all about it he has good talent around him and he and and that's like I don't think that's going to be it um I think Kirk Cousins is a better Jared Goff. Like, okay. You give him that true That play, might be disrespectful that... almost, though, because I, I feel like Jared is so situation-dependent. And I've yeah, seen Kirk succeed, is. you know, a little bit outside of that. I, I understand I mean, your I mean, premise. I think but... he's at his peak when he's not option A. He okay. can be a good option A and be a 500 quarterback and maybe win a playoff game. I don't think he's going to have a deep playoff run just putting the team on his back. Mm. Um, like I mean, few quarterbacks can can really do that. Mm. Um, and I, I I think he's so there's sort of like maybe four or five tiers of quarterback. If there's four, I'd say he's I'd say the two. Bottom two. Half, he's, two. he's somewhere in the middle of the second tier. Okay. Like, but I've I've always like he has he has stopped making those scratch head scratching mistakes where it's just like. Like you were yeah, doing so well, pick. and just like like the, like the Josh pick. Allen moment, like just trying to oh just trying to do yeah. too much with yeah. like a lateral or something. Like yeah. he's he's all but negated that, yeah. out, and he's been outside of Lamar Jackson and maybe Russell Wilson. Kirk Cousins might have been the third best quarterback in the NFL this year. You could make an actual case for that. I think Drew Brees. I mean, and obviously that all goes out the window based on what happened yesterday. But the run he had when he came back from his injury, certainly in that conversation, all of that he, is he missed now. like five, he, five he, weeks. He did. He did. Um, let's. I, I'm just thinking of that 29 for 30 game against the Colts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ridiculous. that was the best performance of of the season outside of Lamar. With the Saints, where do they go from here? Because something's not. Working and maybe this is just us sports media blowhards making a mountain out of molehill, but at the same time, they've had three very trying exits for, of course, them and their their fan base. And Drew Brees isn't getting any younger. Uh, Sean Payton still, you know, good coach, but some questionable coaching decisions, uh, circumstances there. It felt like watching the game that they were more successful when Taysom Hill was running plays and they're running plays for Taysom Hill versus Drew Brees and you know I'm worried about the deep passing game with him I mean Michael Thomas Kamara if the defense knows that that's what's coming uh it's they were able to shut him down Michael Thomas seven catches 70 yards Jared Cook good game five catches 54 yards but their explosive plays came when Taysom Hill Taysom Hill was in the game he's a free agent up after you 
I just want to say one thing is you guys are so lucky that my cousin is not your cousin because every time Taysom Hill sees the field, I get a mass spam text from him, kind of like I spam text some of you guys, and it's just, Bears need Taysom Hill, Bears need Taysom Hill. Mm. Dude, shut up. Like, I get it. He's a great player. But to your question of what the Saints' future is, I mean, easy answer is you got to figure out who your QB is. All three quarterbacks are up after this year. All three are up. What do you want to do? And they haven't tipped their hand at all. Drew hasn't tipped his hand at all. That's where it starts and ends always with any, any team. So that's the main question with the Saints going forward. Would, would, what would you do in that situation? Would you keep Drew? Do you feel like almost you're obliged to as long as this guy wants to play? He's a franchise icon, one of the best players in NFL history. Like as long as he wants to play, we're keeping him? Or do you think you try to use this as an opportunity to pivot maybe to a Teddy Bridgewater, maybe even Taysom Hill? If it was me, honestly, I would probably sign Teddy. Okay. Just because, and I don't believe in Teddy mm-hmm. on any other team, mm-hmm. but the way that they've built him up in that system and just his comfort, he's young. I would, for that team, I would keep Teddy. Tony, for the Bears, you're, I wouldn't want Teddy. Tony, you're shaking your head. Uh... I, I, I don't see that. I mean, we see what backup quarterbacks can do in this league when they only have to play for a month. It's such a different thing when you're being relied on 16 weeks and you yeah. got and you got to be the guy. Look at Nick Foles. Um, yep. I mean, uh, whoever for the – Kyle Allen for the yeah. Panthers, once like it became clear, like he started plateauing pretty quickly. I mean, I would – this is the one – I think you got to run it back. Yeah, yeah I, I think you got to run it you back. To. you got to keep no Drew. Um, but let's, he's, what, he's if, the best what if he option. doesn't want to run it back? If he doesn't want to run it back, I then, I mean, you have a yeah. def- decent draft spot, and you have a not, like, I don't think you, That's what I'm the saying. problem is you can't win with a rookie quarterback yet. Yeah. Like, like I would say, like, trade away a lot of assets, like a lot of future assets, try to get Tua, and then, but he wouldn't be ready to yeah, win until, yeah. like, his second year. And, and then I don't know if Michael Thomas and Kamara both have two years left on their deal. I'm not sure. Michael Thomas re-upped. Uh, Kamara is going into his last year. Okay. In the last year so, of so you'd have to pay him if yeah. you kept him unless you gave him a tag in two years. And, like, and the team is ready. Like, I don't think that this Saints team was not capable of winning a Super Bowl. I think this team could have won the Super Bowl this year. Same last year, same the year before. Just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean something has to change. Like yeah. Change for change's sake is not always the, the best route. I agree. And, I, and I think that's where New Orleans is right now. It sucks. There's going to be a lot of hangovers in New Orleans uh, today and for a few weeks. But, I mean, just double down. Sometimes that's what you got to do. They still got LSU, so. Yeah, the they're, they're all right. There we they're go. Right. There we go. As far as well, well, besides with the quarterback position, I mean, they got to get another weapon. I mean, Michael Thomas is literally the only one out there making plays. Um, Eleven, I forget his name. What's his name? Uh, Deontay Smith. Harris. Oh, De- oh Deontay. He, yeah. I mean, I think that's his name. Whatever. He he caught the deep ball yesterday. Yeah, Deontay Harris. Yeah. They they need another weapon. I mean, Michael Thomas can't do it all. He's getting double teamed every game. Jared Cook made plays here and there, but he's getting up in age. I mean, they need somebody else who's a legitimate threat to take pressure off of Michael Thomas. Because like you guys said, everybody knows when they play the Saints, um, it's it's a heavy dose of Kamara and a heavy dose of uh, 
Michael Thomas. If you stop them, I mean, what what else do they have? I they, think they gotta whether it's free agency, the draft, whatever. I mean, they drafted Traquan Smith. He's he's been hit or miss. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr. is getting up there in age. I mean, he's he's a deep threat, but he's hit or miss whether he's gonna even catch the ball. I mean, I think they need a solid number two playmaker. I, and I think it's got to be a wide receiver, maybe a slot receiver. I don't know. Do you think so? What are the Saints gonna draft now that they lost in the wild card round? Somewhere between 20s? sixteen and twenty. Yeah. Because there's eighteen, eight, 10 12, teams twelve teams. So between uh, twenty and uh, yeah, twenty twenty four, something like that. I okay. Say. And this so, receiver class is absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, so they I don't know somebody. if C D Lamb drops that. No, no, no. He's, they're not getting C D Lamb. They're, I mean, they're going to have to turn Vizca someone. Will be into there. T Higgins, T Higgins exactly. might be there. Lavisca actually. I mean, we talk about how we kind of. Don't think he's going. He he. We don't think he gets open. Basically, yeah. we, you think you're going to have to scheme him touches. But is there a coach? I mean, Sean Payton is the kind of guy. I think Chenault is actually a very attractive yeah. uh, prospect. A lot out of people of have him a lot higher on oh. the draft board than than that. I mean, yeah. I mean, even if fifteen to twenty five is his range in yeah. my yeah. mind I mean, with an outside like chance. Justin Jefferson, him oh, too. Yeah. Devontae Smith might come out. Like, yep. there's they're going to have options. At and that, that, that and that's position. where you have to go if you're yeah. running it back. You yeah. have to you load have to up on like I think. It was interesting how the Packers approached this last offseason mm-hmm. where it's like, man, like Rodgers is running out of weapons, but so many times his team would lose giving up 35-plus yeah, points, they and they just, get, they just went wholesale on their defense. Yeah. And, I mean, we haven't seen how it works in the playoffs, and, like, a lot of us don't believe in them in, who are sitting in this room right now. They went 13-3, and three and they got a bye. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it worked. Like, whatever we want to say, however it looked, it worked. And so I, it was an interesting approach. I think the Saints need to do the opposite of that. Their their defense was not the problem. They only no. gave up twenty six points in overtime. Give one more one more weapon. Even though I thought like I still think the Saints had enough weapons. Like I don't want to be like that. Oh, like this Saints team was so flawed. It wasn't. It was wrong wrong team wrong day. They came up short. I, I think the reality at this stage with Drew Brees is that you're not going to have an explosive deep passing game. Just uh, he, he doesn't seem to want to stay in the pocket that long. He doesn't really want to launch it deep. He wants to dink and dunk you to death. And so if that's the reality, he's a franchise legend. You keep him. I think you bring him back, you maybe draft a Jalen Hurts in the third round, something like that. Maybe he's their new Taysom Hill. Maybe there's he's their quarterback of the future. Draft that. Drew is basically – he's not a bridge because he's a franchise legend, but he's the bridge to whoever you know developmental quarterback you take. And then you get weapons. And I think offensive line is big too. Three sacks, 31 yards. Um, you have to make sure that this guy has a fortress in front of him for these last year or two. Um, because it's just that important. I think that they really want to send him off with a championship. Let's get to the other game that took place yesterday. That's uh, my Philadelphia Eagles against the Seattle Seahawks, and this is obviously a frustrating situation, not only because Carson Wentz goes out very early in this one, have to watch 40-year-old Josh McCown, and credit to him for performing the way that he performed. That type of situation, thrust in the duty, quarterback goes down, and he he played – as well as he, he could have, um, but also frustrating because we took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, seven picks ahead of D.K. Metcalf, who's be- becoming an emerging star. I mean, he set the record for rookie receiving yards in a postseason. Uh, what's the storyline coming out of this game? Does this game say more about the Philadelphia Eagles or the Seattle Seahawks? Of course, Seahawks winning 17-9. to I think it said, I mean, a lot about the Eagles just – off of the championship, there was a lot of question marks about Wentz leading this team, and I know Wentz didn't play in this game, 
but they have the heart of a champion. And when you talk about teams that are going to be there and involved year in, year out, that's the type of team that is going to be in the mix year in and year out. When you show that kind of swag, that kind of fight, they're starting Boston Scott playing a lot of snaps. You're, I don't even know your receivers. You know them better than I do Greg at Ward. this point. Greg Robert Ward. Davis, former Robert, Redskins. Robert, what? Yeah. What? Deontay Burnett, USC Josh alum. Josh McCown. Yeah. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, and that shows a lot about you guys. About Seattle, one thing I want to say about them is I don't know if there's a team that will have a higher approval rating from like just like me. I, my, my team sucks now, and they're out. And just Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and now you say DK Metcalf. How do you not like these guys? These guys are all fun to watch, easy to root for, high-character individuals. And DK, even the peace sign that he threw up at the end. I, I mean, I had to pay respect to that. Yeah, that was like, a cool moment. Like, yeah. It wasn't even like a, like an F you. It was like a... Like I'm a I, badass. I, I, I took it as an F you and an F you to Howie Roseman for not taking the post game interview with him. I did not. So he, he's very like I I, I know generally I perceived it yeah it's like he's like a humble dude yeah. and down to earth and again very likable team. Hopefully they beat Green Bay. <laughs> it was it was hard for me to take anything away from the this from the Eagles perspective yeah. because I mean we're gonna look back like it's gonna be 2027 we're all gonna like be covering like I don't know like like the Super Bowl or something we'll all be back in the room together be like do you remember that day when Josh McCown was trying to throw a touchdown to Greg Ward in the in the in the playoffs like what the hell was going on like it was just it's a comedy of it was it was ridiculous it, it, it's a tragic comedy because everybody on the offensive side of the ball who could have gone down went down, went down yep. and that was you know the right side of the offensive line the top three receivers two running backs Sanders left the game for a portion like like, like came up with for a second I mean Tight McCown, end literally yeah, had tape yeah. to hold himself yeah, together uh, yeah. like, <laughs> it, was ju- it was just ridiculous it's unfortunate um and so I mean, I think the Seahawks should have looked a little more impressive than they did, mm. with, but the Seahawks have been flawed. Like, yeah. The same, like the same way with the Patriots, going four and four over the last eight weeks, and like I'm, I'm okay with being wrong about picking them because I was like, if I'm going down, I'm going down with the ship. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna like try to get cute, pick the Titans, and then be like, well, I just got okie doked again. Mm. Um, I think it's the same thing with the Seahawks. Like, they are not playing well right now, mm. and. They're lucky that they have the Packers and not the Niners, or, or that could get ugly, even though they played them tight in Week 17. Um, but it's just they're not playing well, and I think the Packers with a week of rest, even though I, I think they win. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Green Bay actually wins this game because Seattle did not impress me, yeah. and they were playing against a shell of an Eagles team. I want to have the Carson Wentz conversation. I was critical of him during that stretch of the season where – Played the Patriots, played the Seahawks, left some throws out there. We lost. Played the Dolphins a, a week later, lo- lost there. I just thought he was missing throws, and I was aware that, um, you know, he he had nobody to to throw to. But I, you know, I, I kind of thrust myself in a position where Eagles Twitter. I know you follow the twitters of other teams, Armand. It, it's very polarizing, very top 
toxic surrounding the Carson Wentz. I honestly felt like he had just been missing throws that even if your weapons are depleted, you still have to mm-hmm. not airmail pass somewhere over someone's head. And over the past month, the heart, the grit, the determination, he did everything that you want. Outside maybe statistically, you know, the stats weren't super eye popping, but in terms of leadership and tangibles, poise, some of the I mean the throw to Goddard a few weeks ago, coming through in must win situations. I think that Coming off of last year where, you know, so his first year rookie season showed some promise, played all 16 games, but the team was fault. Second year, the front runner for MVP, he goes hurt, he gets hurt in the Rams game, the Eagles win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Third year, you know, he's got injuries, you know, he's coming back from the knee, misses all of training camp preseason, um, you know, and then leaves with a back injury after playing handful or 13 games, whatever. And then this season doesn't take the step he doesn't continue the momentum from 2017 but towards the end of the season he's able to put the pieces back together gets that first playoff game and then you know within a few series it's just up in smoke I I think he's legitimized himself as a very good quarterback an above average quarterback these Max Kellermans who are bending over backwards to say that he's bad I I just disagree with that Um, but where are you guys out on Carson Wentz? It, bo- I, it bothers me, sorry, Armand, it bothers me that this was even a discussion because, like, he's done nothing wrong to warrant the fact that he is not a franchise quarterback. He, and, like, even this, like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And I know Evan, like, we've just spoke about this different. It feels, it feels differently than me. But, like, but he's not – he's played in 56 of 64 yeah. games. Like, it's just Lions, the it's timing staff, of the I mean, injuries. I mean, it, yeah. it's unfortunate timing. But he's not – Injury prone, number one. It's not like the same injury. He's not Blake Griffin. Like the same thing isn't <laughs> cropping up over and over and over or something. Um, and like Matthew Stafford, after three seasons, everyone, the biggest concern in Detroit was how injury prone he was. He just had the third longest consecutive start streak snapped this year. He hadn't missed a game since 09 and, or 2010. Like he had played in like 140 some consecutive playoff games. Like the only two who had longer streaks before that were like, active were Eli Manning, which ended this year, and or last year at the end, and then Phillip Rivers. Like, he's not injury-prone. Like, just let's let him have his career. He's he's elite. He had a really bad stretch in the middle of the season where I was even kind of questioning, like, like what like what's going on here? He's a great quarterback. He's going he's gonna to win a lot of games for the Eagles. I would be surprised if a team he quarterbacks does not win one more Super Bowl before he's done. I think um, – my biggest takeaway was obviously disappointing to not get to see him in the playoffs, but his biggest test of the season was against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and one QB showed up that day and one did not. And that's a silver lining right there, Rios. Dak did not show up that game. He was, like you said, airmailing balls, throwing balls in the dirt, missing wide-open receivers. Carson, he did enough to win. He's done enough to win all year. And it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see him with a healthy squad, but I think that they understand that the line needs a little bit of an upgrade. Running game, I think, came around at the end there. Defensive secondary, this is definitely a wake-up call to the Eagles' front office. I think that we mentioned the Arthigo-Whiteside pick. I think they dropped the ball there. Um, I think it's clear to say when Terry McLaurin is going in the third round, when you have – 
these Darius Slayton is a fifth round pick. Preston Williams, who obviously got injured, but he you know he was uh, he was undrafted, and he, even he's making plays. Um, so it's a wake up call to the front office, and I, I think that Carson Wentz has established himself as a good quarterback. Let's talk about the Patriots Titans game. Um, this watching the game, this looked like a game that. Patriots have won time and time again. It's like I've seen this movie before. Um, Low-scoring game. Patriots have every opportunity, but then the Titans are able to pull it off. Why, how do you think now is the time that it got done? Is it just the decimation of the Patriots' offensive personnel? What would you say uh, in terms of why why this happened? I just I want to tip my cap to the Titans. I think they're a legitimate NFL football team, a legitimate playoff team, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous to some, but I would take Derrick Henry in a playoff game over any running back in the NFL. When I look at playoff running, you got to be able to run between the tackles. you got to be able to absorb contact, and I want my running back. I don't care about how many passes you can catch because in the playoffs, those passes are going to go for like two or three yards, if anything, because the linebackers and safeties and corners are too fast. That's why those teams make the playoffs. The speed is there. You see Kamara doesn't do anything usually in the playoffs. I mean, he's had good moments, but Derrick Henry, you hand this guy the ball 30-plus times like a tank, an absolute tank. He literally had a drive at the end of the half, I believe, where he literally scored on his own the whole way through. And Tannehill, when you needed him to, third down conversion, it was ugly. This is what I get in an argument with my cousin about all the time. Do you care about how cute it looks, or do you care about effectiveness? And Tannehill, effective at the end, just like um, Kirk Cousins, effective at the end. Who cares about how it looks? Does he get the job done? He did, and he's going to get the job done against the Ravens. I'm looking at you, Evan. I think it's just, as far as the Titans or why the Patriots didn't come out on top, I mean, you only the the coin only lands on your side so many times. If you're always in one-score games and you come out time and time again, yeah, this was not the same Patriots team. Yeah. It very, very clearly was not. However, I, yet again, like I so hard try to not be prisoner of the moment, prisoner of what just happened was the only result that could have happened. Like Julian Edelman never drops that ball. Mm-hmm. Like the page, like you could feel the Patriots were just about to start doing their last methodical drive. They were gonna get the game-winning field goal. Like I never had a question until that drop and the punt. I thought that was a questionable punt decision. We talked about another non-punt or, the, or punt that did or didn't happen in the in the Bills game. The fourth and twenty-seven. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's just we'll we'll, we'll make it there, but. Um, but I, I thought the Patriots should have gone for it um, because Derek Hen- like Derek Henry is running through everything. Like you have not gotten the Titans off the field, um, and so I mean, of course that's hindsight. But but but, but the drop, like it never comes down to one play. Um, the the illegal alignment downfield when the Patriots finally got got the deep ball. Uh, I mean, it's just lots of little things, and so like. They lost. Like, With, like, I don't have some great take. Like They, they lost. The tight, Derrick Henry was the best player on the I field. Think, I like what you said about the drop because we didn't mention the Miles Sanders drop on fourth and five, but Miles Sanders is the reason that we're in the position that, for the Eagles. Um, and, and Julian Edelman, that's tenfold because the guy's a three-time yep. Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, he, You're going to drop a, a pass or two, and ultimately – 
the Patriots just haven't done good in these drafts. We've talked about Sony Michelle and the backs who went behind him. The fact that Lamar Jackson was the pick directly behind him in 2018. Nikhil Harry. The Nikhil Harry thing. How many receivers are going off Debo Samuel? Looks uh, worse by the day. It, A.J. Brown. I mean, we, we've, we've named the names. We've seen the names. Uh, Mohamed Sanu for a second-round pick, that's a horrible trade. We could have told you that when it happened that it it was a bad trade. Mohamed Sanu is a okay slot receiver, but you don't give up second-round draft capital to – have that on your team and he I mean he's playing with an injury that that's true but you know one catch 11 yards five targets that's not the production that you need with Tom Brady um I they could have used Josh Gordon yeah I, I mean well yeah. I, with Josh Gordon he, he got suspended so I think they probably knew that was in the works but yes in general Antonio Brown I mean that now we that that move in context makes sense it's like Tom and Bill they didn't believe in this group yeah um they're taking a long shot at Antonio Brown, knowing that there might be something looming, and that doesn't work out. Where do you think Tom Brady plays next year? I've heard some – Robert Mays is all in on Brady to the Bears. I think if he leaves, it's going to be for the Los Angeles Chargers. I agree. Where do you guys think – I mean, you obviously agree. Uh, why do you agree? Um, I just think, I mean, with all this smoke around the Chargers leaving, they just need a – like, they need a jolt. And what yeah. better jolt than – Tom Brady, I know people are going to say he's old. I mean, he has weapons there, Keenan Allen. Uh, Mike Mel- Williams. Mike Williams. Uh, what's his name? Melvin Gordon. I Melvin mean, Gordon's out. Free agent. I don't I don't think they would pay the money okay, to fine. keep him. Austin Eckler. Sorry. Austin Eckler. Yeah. I even like the kid from Northwestern, Justin Jackson. Yeah. He's still there, too. I mean, Shout out he, Northwestern. I think go Cats. He, <laughs> I think if he just wants to go to a situation where it's just, you know, him just playing, it's not all these questions and questioning him. You know, every week about his performance and the weapons and what he's going to do and what he's going to like. I think to reinvigorate that franchise, I think the um, the Chargers is the best place for him. He can just go out there and just sling it. Like he can sling it, he can throw it. I know he's been you know clamoring to throw the ball more. He doesn't have to you know look for Julian Edelman every single play. He like I like we just named the weapons. Like I feel like that's a good situation for him, and he's in L.A. It just feels so hard for me to actually think he's gonna leave. Yeah. Like, like I keep trying to talk myself. Like, like, like that's a scenario. It makes sense, like on surface, but I mean, Tom Brady, like Tom Brady, is the New England Patriots. Yeah. Like that was a nothing franchise. Like it's hard to remember twenty years ago because I mean we were all like five, but like that, like they, they were nothing. Like nobody gave a shit about the New England Patriots at all, and he changed the franchise forever. Yes, there's the whole. Brady wants to prove that it's not Belichick and, and and vice versa. But you know what? Some questions are better are left better unanswered and are just good de- good debate and something that are that's fun to talk about. He's not done. Brady was fine. He was not the reason they lost that game yesterday. I don't think he has to move on. I think the Patriots need to draft a quarterback in waiting cuz there's clearly only one or two more years. But I think they I, I like think they, Stidham. I, um, I think they run it back again, just like the Saints. I don't know. Maybe I'm stuck in my nostalgia, and I just want Drew Brees on the Saints. I want Tom Brady in New England. But it would be so NBA of the NFL for him to just be like, yeah, fuck it. The only guy. way he leaves is if he feels disrespected in the contract negotiations, yeah. if he's asking for a certain amount of money, and they do, do what he feels lowballs, is lowballing him. And if there is still but, some of that – um, feeling inside of him where it's like, hey, you know what? I want to prove that, you know, these guys gave me shit. They get, these guys gave me Nikhil Harry, Muhammad Sanu. I've been I've taken less money for years, and you know they didn't spend it ever really except for the Randy Moss year on offensive skill position players, spend it on defense and some, you know, bad signings. You know what? Let me take 
my family over to Los Angeles. Yeah. I live there anyway, or I have a house there anyway. And, you know, I'm trying to revitalize this Chargers and see if I can take, win a Super Bowl with this talented offensive skill position group. Chargers make the most logical sense. If Tom Brady I see a smile is creeping oh my God, petty, already. no, 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 not Bears. If he's, if he's that petty, why not go to the Colts? I mean, again, the Chargers make the most logical sense, but if he really wants to, like, piss off Belichick, the Colts, that's their... You know, the Ursay stuff, the Flategate, all that stuff going there. You have T.Y. Hilton. They're not committing to Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Very strange quotes there. So I think that is that a possibility? Would he consider it? Their weapons and defense, it's like, yeah. it's shaky. They have a good head coach. Yeah. Maybe he would consider that, but that's if he really wants to be spiteful. My only thought about you saying like Brady feeling disrespected in contract, I mean, he hasn't been paid what he could be paid the yeah. last six years. Yeah, he yeah. always takes he always hometown. Like he's yeah. like he's like you know what? My wife makes almost more money than I do. You know what? We have like <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. Like like I'd rather you pay so like take four million away from me. Pay it to a slot receiver so I actually have someone to work with. So I don't think it's I don't think that w- would be it. But uh, but but like you mentioned, like we started talking about the Brady Belichick thing. That that's the only reason I see him leaving. Is... Are the Buccaneers a sleeper team? I think. I mean, first I like Yo, the fact that a, I like that. <laughs> that's weapons for days. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing is that he's. I, I can't see him he's in these like small. Well, that like Brazilians. But I, I don't see him as like a small. Like I don't think he's gonna go to like a like a Jacksonville or like a, a Tampa just because. Like I feel like he's Tom Brady. He's Tom fucking Brady. He's not going to like. I mean, I guess the Chargers are kind of an irrelevant franchise, but it's L.A. I mean, the Colts, you gave the narrative there. Maybe maybe if he has a relationship with Bruce Arians, I mean, th- those receivers are, are dynamite. Yeah. Um, so, But does he have the arm strength left to be, like, they are, They throw more downfield passes in sure. a week than deep. some teams do in a season. Yeah. The like, thing is, is that if you tell Bruce Arians yeah. that he can go from Jameis to Tom Brady and throw less deep passes, it's I'm sure better. that he'll adjust yeah. the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throw 157 yeah. times. To How excited Scott. are we for the 30 for 30 on Jameis about his 30 oh, in my God. season? Yeah. We're very excited. That's great. So We're excited. very excited. And for him to be the next Bears quarterback. Just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> I'm down. Stop. Could talk myself into I, it. I thought I can't even keep track. I thought you were all on a no, match. I'm, I'm for the record. No, okay, Mitch we don't Trubisky. care about that. Let's, let's, let's go. To, let, let's go to speaking of Mitch Trubisky, uh, the bigger, more athletic, more athletic, more confident Mitch Trubisky. Josh Allen was playing in uh, the uh, first wild card game uh, against the Houston Texans, and this was a game. It really came down to who had the better quarterback when the mattered most. I mean, the Bills came out guns blazing, but ultimately the magic of Deshaun Watson came through and. Texans were able to win this one uh, basically on his back. I I mean, I heard you guys were kind of critiquing Josh Allen, but I thought this game and the Patriots game showed me that he's a gamer. Like, I would go to war with that guy. He was really impressive for me. That pitch, that toss, yeah, it was was ill-conceived, but the the notion was it, it wasn't... I didn't think that it could have been catastrophic. The tight end wasn't looking, and he sh- it's not his fault. But if Russell Wilson makes that play, and he has, right? He, he did a little lateral pitch on a Sunday night game, I think this year, wasn't it? This year that he did a little toss on a lateral, and everyone went, whoa, what a play by Russ. If that works, 
maybe that's ten additional yards, and that's a play of the game. There's a time and a place. Yeah, I agree. That's not a, that's yeah. it's it's a risk reward scenario. Yeah, One well, minute left when you're trying to drive and get a field goal. <laughs> yeah, what are you you doing? don't throw yeah. the ball in the air. You just <laughs> scrambled and made a 15 yard run. You also, there's like down. there's like a body language thing with that too, where it's like you look back at the guy yeah. and like you establish yeah, that like yeah. second and a half. He like was, he was face down, ass up, and yeah. my dude is throwing it yeah. blind. Stevie Wonder behind his back. Didn't cost him the game. I thought he played very well. But the when fumble you, was bigger for When me. you say gamer, like that has a certain connotation to it where he's not a superstar, he's a gamer. Yes. And so what are we saying at the end of the day? We're saying that he's limited as a quarterback and those limitations manifested themselves in the second half of this game. And on the other sideline, we see a guy who's coming through for his team. My biggest critique with Josh Allen was always airmailing passes inaccurate. Yeah. I don't know how many times I was like, damn, what a ball. Like, he really, ball placement-wise, he was excellent. He was throwing to Duke Williams. I honestly can say, honest to God, I've never heard of that guy. And I am a fantasy football nut, and I had never heard of that guy before <laughs> yesterday. What happened to um, their tight end that they, they drafted? Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, yeah. He was the intended was recipient in. of that pitch. Yeah. They were trying to get him involved uh, I, on that I play. Was, even the balls to John Brown. John Brown, get your feet in bounds. So you yeah. talk about Josh Allen and him being accurate. I mean, you look at the final stats, 52% completion percentage, 5.7 yards per attempt. That's not getting it done in the modern NFL. And I get that he's a gamer. He had the 92 rushing yards, but... Booger said he played with a lot of poise. The decisions, I, I mean, you talk about the fumble. You talk about the pitch. It, it, the deep ball to the fullback. It, it, Why? Yeah. Why? A jump, a jump ball, a jump ball to 250 pounds. He's man. exciting to watch if you have nothing riding with him. Maybe yeah. maybe you placed a bet on him. Maybe he's the quarterback of your team. But if he was the quarterback of the Eagles, I'd be, it'd be a frenzy, man. It'd, yeah, it'd be like that sweating meme of uh, – For sure. What, yeah. It's not Keegan-Michael Key. It's uh, – Oh, yeah. I know who you're referring to. I'm I'm not gonna forget this guy, but oh, Peel, Peel, yeah, Jordan Peel, yeah, the Jordan Peel sweating meme, yeah. like, um, th- that's what it's like watching Josh Allen play. Yeah, if you know okay. he's your quarterback, um, they got Devin Singletary involved, which you've been calling for, um, but Deshaun Watson, I mean, Dabo Sweeney said that this guy was basically Michael Jordan, and teams that passed up on him would feel the ramifications of that. And we've seen that come to fruition as, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky taking number two. And we're going to get to see, you know, the what could have been bull this upcoming weekend (laughs) with uh, Mahomes and Watson. But (laughs) Watson, he hadn't had a signature moment in his NFL career quite like this. How do we we assess him going into this matchup against the Chiefs? He had a very, very good (laughs) second half. I do like Deshaun Watson. I just think... It's it feels off and on yeah. to me. Like I I don't like to not I like to like people. Like mm-hmm. I like to be like yeah he can do it he can do it. Like again like I said earlier in this pod so much of it is situational. Like mm-hmm. so many of these guys could yeah. succeed in another in another place. Like Barry Sanders should have three Super Bowls. Like he could have led a team to three Super Bowls. He was buried in Detroit and that's what happened. So it's it's not just this, but like like yeah I mean he won a, he won a national championship like. Heisman, like he's like he's a gamer. He, that's, he, yeah. he's, that's he, a gamer. he's done it. He he <laughs> yeah. has every everything you could want, but it still to me feels inconsistent. Why are you down sixteen to nothing to to the Bills in the first place? Like yes, I know Bill O'Brien is calling your plays. Yeah, that's to, tough. To that's tough. But I mean, if you're doing this in the second half, like 
And and that's like that's getting nitpicky, right? Like he he won the game, he did it. He the Bills so easily could have won this game. If they're not the Bills, the Browns, or the Lions, the team opposite the Texans wins that game. Like they, I think they escaped. And I mean, hats off to Deshaun Watson. G- great job, great moment. He's gonna he'll have that forever. But I just I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not sold that he is a is a top five quarterback. I don't. Right I, I don't think he's top five. He's definitely top seven. I think, in my opinion. But I mean, as the saying goes, I know it's cliche, but I mean, big time players make big time players yeah. in big time games and big time situations. I mean, that's what he did. I know we talked a little bit earlier about the hit when he got sandwiched, and you think that that actually helped him stay it up. But I mean, how many quarterbacks can stay up from that and make that play? I yep. mean, Carson Wentz isn't doing it. I don't think. Well, actually. Uh. No, I, I think <laughs> Yo, Dwayne Haskins is definitely not Matt, doing Matt that. Matt Stafford's not doing that. No, Shoot, Josh not. Allen's not doing that. I mean, those are just like situations where like this. I mean, he has the it factor. I mean, yeah. let's just call it what it is. He has the it factor when it comes down to these situations. I mean, he he plays at his best. I mean, he's flexing. He has all the confidence in the world. Like exactly. you said, Bill O'Brien's calling his plays, and he's still you know doing what he's doing. So that's even more credit to him. And one more thing with Josh Allen, you I don't think you can win. With him, like you said, Armand, he's not accurate. I mean, he's mobile, but you just can't win with him throwing 46 times in a game. It's just, it's not going to get it done. He's not Patrick Mahomes, so can't do that. But, but talk about someone who doesn't have weapons. Yeah, they need a receiver back. I mean, they too. need, yeah. Receivers, plural. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, you just, I mean, hats off to him. He he showed up in a big time situation when his team needed a drive, he delivered. Well, you met time, time and time again. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Let's get to the upcoming matchups, and let's start with that one. Chiefs. And Texans, uh, Watson versus Mahomes. I feel like I, I like Chiefs here. I was one for three in the first weekend, and you know this is going chalk again. But yeah. I, I guess the one thing that does throw a wrinkle in it is Andy Reid's coaching track record. He certainly has shown his ability to lose games like this. I, I mean, but I, I still would go Chiefs. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? I'm going Chiefs as well. I I picked the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I had Chiefs Saints in the Super Bowl. The the line right now is uh, nine and so, a half. Well, yeah, nine and a half. Um, that that seems hefty, but should, no. Yeah. The, I mean, That's it might move a point or two. You, but you think the it should be, bro? The Texans, Texans are, are fake bad. Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> the Texans are bad. Like, yeah. I can't actually say this because the Lions ended up being so bad. Straight up, I a healthy Lions team this year. I t- I'll take the Lions over the Texans. They're like that. That is. It's a bad team. It's a badly coached team. It's a bad. They don't. They don't. What do they hang their hat on? What is like Deshaun Watson making magic happen? Hopkins and Hopkins. Yeah. But I mean, Hopkins didn't even have a good game. I mean, he he's he's still a, a fucking amazing receiver, top no, three I know, I know in, in the game. But like, dude, there's nothing consistent other than like, please like save us, Deshaun, again, again, again. Like, you don't save teams against the best teams. You save teams against. Decent team. The, the Bills are a decent team. You can one man show them. You're not going to do that to a Chiefs team who is now playing some good defense. Like I wrote them off in Week 11. Yeah. Like when I was trying to whittle my teams down, I had the Saints, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Ravens, and the Patriots. Those were the five who I said could win the Super Bowl. And um, I, I mean, I, I have to now add the Chiefs back Chiefs, back sorry. to that list. Like I still don't yeah. think the Titans can do it. I still don't think the Packers can do it. Um, I, I would probably take the the Saints or the Seahawks off now, but the Chiefs should they should there should not be any issue beating the Texans at all. Yeah, there should not be. 
And it's in the cold, too. I don't know how well Deshaun Watson Arrowhead is a tough place to play. Yeah, it is. And I, what, what better medicine for Andy Reid than getting Bill O'Brien? Yeah. That, and it's like the ghost of Bill Belichick is not, like, floating out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like that's his nemesis. Like, that's the hurdle that has never been able to overcome. Nine points is a lot of points, though. I'm not talking. I'm not picking the spread. I'm just saying yeah. straight up. Just straight up, Chiefs. Straight, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't I thought about. Like the I said I got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so I think they. I think they win. I I have Wait. the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Over the Ravens, you, Mister Ravens, have I, the Chiefs I, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I changed my pick. Yeah, I got the Chiefs, bro. I got the Chiefs. Wow. Before the playoffs started, I had the Chiefs. I know we weren't here to really talk about it, but yeah. I got the Chiefs beating the Ravens. But yeah, I have the Chiefs <laughs> as well in the Super Bowl, and I'm not changing yet. I'm not flipping yet. I just want a little bit of time to think about this game and let it marinate. I hope we do another pod because I'm not ready to make a pick on this game yet. Um, the Chiefs' defensive line has been incredible the last couple of games. They've played the Patriots. Their line is fairly average. Broncos' line is pretty horseshit. The Bears' line sucked. And the Chargers' line. So is that smoke and mirrors, or are they going to sustain that in the playoffs? Because the last time they played the Texans, the Texans ran all over them control time of possession, and just dominate them from start to finish. That was early in the season. I'm not going to take a, a lot away from that. Wasn't um, that without Mahomes? No, that was with Mahomes. But Will Fuller, if he plays this team, this offense, it's truly a different offense. I don't, think you, can, I don't think you can expect Will Fuller yeah, that's, to, that's, like... That's the X factor. That's a variable that you can't really account for. I'm saying, like, Will Fuller, he's been in and out of the lineup for what feels like two months. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can say, hey, Will Fuller, come into a playoff game in, on the road in what looks like it's going to be inclement conditions and be Will Fuller. That, that would be a shock to me. What's your my, pick, Joseph? Oh, Chiefs. Are you kidding me? I, I, I figured. Yeah. My, my biggest thing is— What's so compelling about the Texans? I mean, I feel like Tony hit it on the head. This is the most boring, milquetoast team, yes. except for the fact that they have <laughs> Deshaun, Deshaun Watson I, as their quarterback. And so they have—you uh, remember the Colts-Chiefs um, game from last year in the divisional round? Yeah. It was rainy, mucky. Damian Williams had, like, three touchdowns. That's what I expect out of this game, which is why, I mean, the line, you know, just in principle, um, nine and a half is a lot of points, you know, for anybody. But I do kind of see something like that— happening because I don't think the Texans do anything well. I think playoff anxiety is a real thing. I think that teams, especially when you haven't done it, or in the case of the Saints, when you have trauma from the past, traumatic experiences, when you get into moments of stress and anxiety, I feel like you go back and you revert to what you think about and what's happened in the past. These Texans, I'm not saying they're going to win, but to get that monkey off your back and actually win one of these close games and actually try to flip the script and try to show that, oh, we're not the same old Texans anymore. It means a little bit to me. I think that J.J. Watt finally like embracing a playoff victory and going into next week with a little bit of juice. Again, did J.J. Watt play in that game? I didn't, I didn't yeah, hear he his did. name. He, he had a sack, yeah. It was yeah. one sack to him. Did you hear that broadcast? What? They said his name every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, was to- I was totally joking. <laughs> that was satire. That was brilliant like, satire. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, I'm not going to make my pick yet. I don't know. I don't know what, what? to pick in That's this insane. game. That's <laughs> insane. I got to think about it, bro. We shouldn't be surprised okay, by this. Game. Let's, let's, move, let's move on. Let's move Deshaun on. We, we, we know that this is vintage Armand right here, and I love it. Um... Next game, um, Minnesota, San Fran. Matter of fact, let's save that. Let's go Tennessee, Baltimore. I want to talk about this. The line right now is uh, 
It looks like Baltimore minus nine. I'm seeing minus nine here over it's over Tennessee. Time to shine. Yeah, I mean, Armand, you, you've picked everybody besides Baltimore to win the Super Bowl and to move on. <laughs> There's no way the Baltimore Ravens are going to get it done past you know this Ryan Tannehill team. He just <laughs> threw like 85 yards in the game against the Patriots. Why will the Titans beat the? Baltimore Ravens uh, in this matchup because Lamar is fake. I just, I just said it. I think that playoff anxiety is a real thing. I like teams that have faced adversity at some point. I get it. They've, they've beaten a ton of great, great teams. There's a different feeling for me personally. You have to get there, but being down 14 to 10 at home in a playoff game, and now every throw becomes critical. Every throw becomes crucial. You have the fans chirping on Twitter. Obviously, they block all that out. But when you can hear a pin drop in the stadium. When Derrick Henry breaks a big run and you're just like, shit, maybe it's not our day. Maybe today's just not our day. A.J. Brown stiff arms a guy and all of a sudden goes for 30. Marcus Peters arguing on the sideline with Marlon Humphreys about something that happened. You know, these things happen. And I like it when a team has had to go through that at least once. In Can I ask you this, though? Where, where, where does adversity do we just reset it every every season? Just throw all the 2019 or 2018 yes. adversity. Yes. Even though even though Lamar Jackson, Marshall Yonda, yes. Ronnie Stanley, Orlando Brown, all of these Ravens were on the squad. Mark Andrews was out there when they lost to the Chargers. They've heard that narrative shoved down their throats really all off season, and then this season has been their response. You think that you know? Oh, you know because. They won all of these games. There's no micro-adversity. In the Seahawks game, for instance, where on fourth down, Lamar runs it in. I feel like they've responded to adversity all season because no game has over until it's over and you do what you have to do to win. And over the course, in that course of that game, there's adversity. So I think you're punishing the team unfairly for winning. That doesn't make sense to me intuitively. I, I've just... For me, I've seen this before. Aaron Rodgers won MVP. They were fifteen and one. They went and lost their nine and seven football. Lamar Jackson's not Aaron Rodgers. Okay. For me, when you are the aggressors every week, every week you are the aggressors. You are the one that's being the alpha and you're setting the tempo for the game. That means that you are very good. But this Titans team, for me, has that Rex Ryan Jets punch you in the mouth. We don't give a fuck who you are. We're going to set the tone today. And the Ravens haven't been punched yet. Like, truly, they've, they've beaten every good team other than the Chiefs this season. They've passed every test. But have they truly been punched in the mouth where they needed to They started 2-2. Two and two. But, again, these are – okay, they lost to the Browns at home. They lost to the Chiefs. Though, Maybe that they're was that a, good that they, might they don't – they yeah, they're Floyd Mayweather to it. You don't make contact. Maybe. They are yeah. – <laughs> I just don't see how Ryan Tannehill passes for 72 yards in the game against the Patriots, and then he's going to go against Baltimore on the road against one of the best secondaries in the league. They add – no, so one of the best secondaries in the league. I mean, they've added Marcus Peters over the course of the season. Um, you know, Jimmy Smith comes back. Earl Thomas they add in the offseason. Matt Judon uh, off the edge. I, I don't understand, like, how, Ryan Tannehill is going to lead this I, team to the victory. You're going to run it up the backs of Derrick Henry. This team sees the best rushing attack – and practice every single day. So Derrick Henry, I mean, he's a dynamic force, but he's going to face them? I don't like the rust that they have. I don't like the fact that, again, they haven't been punched. I think that some weird stuff can happen. I like the Titans' offensive coordinator. They're using Mariota kind of like Taysom Hill right now, which is intriguing little variable to add to the equation. A.J. Brown 
is a stud and a playmaker. Corey Davis, another possession receiver. Jonu Smith. I like this team, and it's not just about the Ravens. I really like the Titans. Those guys so, that you mentioned had two combined catches for 13 yards last week. Yeah, they were I mean, trying to be conservative and pound the rock, and I think that if they needed to, I think they can expand the passing game a little bit. What happens when Lamar Jackson gets up on you 21 to nothing, and there's nothing then you can do? Then it's over. Okay. Even if they fall behind like 10 to nothing, I would say it's over. And they you just don't think you don't fast. think the Ravens can build that lead? There's no way it's possible. This, pick is relying on the titans not starting slow if they start slow i think they're done okay. i mean the only credence like uh, like that i will give to that is like if lamar jackson get hurt and rg3 yeah. has to play that's yeah. the credence okay. right but i and i i don't agree the rest versus rust yeah, rust thing however they they did sit all their starters week 17 too so th- could they not be immediately there Series one or series two, it's possible. What's more possible is we haven't watched them in three weeks, and it's like, damn, I forgot they went 19 possessions in a row without punting from weeks 13 to 16 or whatever ridiculous stat it was. I mean, Tennessee's got a. I mean, they've got momentum. Like they've done a lot of things. This is the first time in the like the win against New England where I sort of question. I think they took the head off the wrong snake. New England did. They were trying to. They made him a one-dimensional running team, where Derrick Henry can clearly beat you. You need to flip that script, and you need to seven in the box at all times. Like you know what, we're gonna give Ryan Tannehill those one-on-one matchups, and trust our DBs to be on islands and lock down. And and you're gonna have to throw this downfield to beat us. All, I pro, like that. all pro DBs. Yes. I'll have that. Yes. If they I do mean, that seven in the box, I'll take AJ Brown's chances. I, I actually agree with that because and one we- one weapon is gonna yeah, is gonna beat you. They, it's not one weapon. They they have Johnny Smith is athletic. Like Corey Davis is ultimately. Yeah, Bill Belichick. He's mad at that. Bill Bill like Belichick. He's not took took the idea of like, hey, we're gonna take away AJ Brown over Derrick Henry because passing is just a more efficient way of moving the ball down the field. I, I I tend to agree with that, but I just don't think regardless of what the game plan is for the Titans, they don't have they don't what have it takes to. Keep up with Lamar Jackson if yeah. he's scoring 21 points and a half. They don't have to have seven in the box every single play. Yeah, that was hyperbole, yeah. but I mean, like, make a statement. Show that, like, Derrick Henry's yeah. – we're not playing this game. Mm-hmm. We're, like it's, – it's what teams did to the Tigers, and I know it's a completely different comparison forever. Pitch around Miguel Cabrera, hit him. Anyone who's hit but him is going to beat us. Like, if you're going to win – you cannot let the best player beat you. I'm I'm such a big proponent of that. Bro, one team has Lamar Jackson, the other team doesn't. I yeah. I, I think it just comes down yeah. to that. And then, like you said, I mean, they played what? San Francisco had who had the what best rushing attack in the NFL, and they shut that down for majority. Of, I mean, I know it was a close game, but they shut their their rushing down pretty pretty well. So, like I said, it just comes down to one team has Lamar, one team doesn't. I mean, I've said the only teams I felt that could beat this Ravens team the were the Saints and the Chiefs. Yeah. The Saints are out of it. Now it's up to the Chiefs for those rooting against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Let's move on to the NFC matchup, Minnesota-San Francisco. Now, Tony, we, we've had a discussion about this. You, you say you're kind of on the NFC side of uh, Armand's stance with Baltimore. You don't think the number one seed in the – um, NFC is going to win a game. Armand doesn't think the number one team in the AFC, um, Baltimore, is going to win a game. You don't think San Francisco is going to win a game. Has your opinion changed on that at all with Minnesota moving through facing San Francisco? I, I think there's a reason that San Francisco is still favored. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think they're 
a very complete team. They had an awesome season. I underestimated them all year. But there's just sort of like that playoff sweat equity that you kind of build up and you and you earn. Like so, so rarely does a team just come from nowhere. They turn it around from six and ten. Boom, you're in the playoffs, and you and you and you win the big game. I mean, Jimmy G has not won a, a big big game, and like yeah, granted, Kirk just did it this week, but. I just, I mean, I think these are actually pretty similar teams. The Vikings have a little better defense. They both need to run the ball in order to pass the ball. Um, but I just think I, I've just, it's, I've believed in the Vikings all season long. Sometimes I don't like you. Don't even know what it is about a team, but it's you just kind of like it. Um, I think, I mean, Kirk has great weapons. Dalvin Cook has been spelled by Alexander Madison, so he does not have to carry it twenty-five times a game. But when if he when he does he can. Um, I just like another tight, low scoring game that that the Vikings pull out. Like I don't have some great insight as to why. I mean this is a defensive line they have not seen like the, the best defensive line they've seen. It's going to be really hard to execute uh, th- their game plan. I think Armand what he said earlier. I don't know if we were on air, but like those stretch runs. I mean it's it's a little different setting an edge against Bosa or D Ford or something, but. I, I still I still like the Vikings like that's my if I'm taking a sleeper team all the way I'm I'm riding with Minnesota and I think the Vikings are are more feasible to beating the 49ers than the Titans are to beating the Ravens but I do think this is going to be a game where it's going to have to be on Kirk Cousins I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball efficiently against that defensive line as great as Dalvin Cook is it's just running back is such a situation situationally dependent position I think it's going to be Kirk I think it's going to be probably Adam Thielen in that matchup in the slot against Kwan Williams, um, and also the health of the 49ers defense. I mean, they're they're getting Quan Alexander back. Uh, D Greenlaw made a huge play on the goal line uh, in the Seahawks game. Uh, I mean, he he's Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers. Uh, Nick Bosa is going to be the rookie of the year. I mean, the personnel is just outrageous for the 49ers. Uh, it's going to be on Kirk and. I, I think if they win, Thielen goes nuts, like something like 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, so it looks like you have something to say, Armand. Uh, a lot of defenses can't do what San Francisco can do. And I know it was a down year for us, the Bears, but week four when we played them, Dalvin Cook, 35 yards rushing. And the reason I bring that up is because that game was the game that I look at as, okay, you don't have a rushing attack, Kirk. How much? What can you do? How much can you do? And he put up six points and looked pedestrian. Obviously, week four compared to what we're in now, week 19, is a huge discrepancy. If you can't if you can't set the edge, they're a stretch run football team. They can't run it up the gut. They like to stretch run. Dalvin is amazing. Madison is a great change of pace back. But if they can't set that edge, it all comes down to Kirk. Those second and fives become second and nine, second and ten. And I just think San Francisco, they have a defensive swagger about them that is undeniable. And I would honestly, I said I would be shocked if they won this week, the Vikings. And they did. So they proved me wrong once. I just don't see it. They, I don't think they can go up there. I don't even think Jimmy G is going to have to. I think this is going to be a game where Jimmy G doesn't have to do much. Tevin Coleman, Mostert, Breida. Is Breida healthy? Do we know if Breida's, Breida's healthy? Breida's the third back at this stage because yeah. Mostert's yes, really Mostert, surpassed Coleman, Coleman yes. and then Breida. Breida yeah. It's still another guy to add to that. And then Hughes, Jack, and Kittle. I like with those physical guys like Hughes, Check and Kittle that they get a week to rest 
and recover from all the damage that they've given their bodies over the course of a season. And I think Kittle would take the extra week of he, damage. He likes it. Yeah, you're right. When you talk about setting the edge, the Niners also are a team that likes to run a lot of stretch runs. And the difference is when you have Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter is they got Kittle to help and Hughes check to lead block. I just think the personnel-wise, the Niners are a different breed of football team than the Vikings. And I, I think this is going to be the biggest discrepancy in terms of difference in points this weekend. I think the Niners are going to win by good margin. Do do they cover the six yeah, and a half? I'm I'm gonna play that. Yeah, I think they I think they cover six and a half. Well, I've got my eye on Debo Samuel. I think he can be a little bit of an X factor in just, the short passing game and you know crossers. And I mean yeah. they use him as a rusher as well. I'm not I'm not saying this is a Kirk bashing, but I really think he's gonna have a bad game this weekend. I think that the turnovers are gonna rear their head again, and we'll see. We'll see. Over, uh, I I put the numbers away, but he had. Three, I think he had like two touchdowns and three interceptions in his first four weeks, and since then he has twenty-four touchdowns and three picks in it's, like thirteen. He's been incredible. In like thirteen games. He's been so incredible. I, I don't. I mean, could he throw a pick? Yeah. Is, is this going to be the, one of those one touchdown, three pick games where it's like, man, Kurt, like bad Kurt showed up? No, I don't see it. Let's get to the most compelling, underwhelming. underwhelming JV division. <laughs> um, I mean, it reminds me of when, what, the Nuggets and the Blazers played each other in the second round last year, and everybody knew one of those teams was going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. When That was a great series. <laughs> it turned out to be a great series, but the teams, like, you know, the Rockets and the Warriors were playing on the other side of yeah. the bracket, and obviously those teams, you'd take them preferred to see in the uh, Western Conference Finals. But I digress. The line here is... Uh, f- Green Bay minus four. Um, we talked about Seattle earlier. Now they face Green Bay. Green Bay thirteen and three, but it doesn't feel like a very strong thirteen and three. I mean, you, you've suggested that Aaron Rodgers has lost a step, Armand. You, you think that this team credit Matt Lafleur, but they're a little bit of a pretender. The only receiver Rodgers really trusts is Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones had a pretty effective season on the ground, obviously, but. Seattle has their weaknesses as well, and I think that either team can win this game. What do you guys think about it? I think Seattle offensively with the run game is extremely predictable. When Homer's in the game, you know it's going to go outside. When Lynch is in the game, you know it's going to go between the tackles. What I wanted to see is can they actually run between the tackles because that's where Green Bay, uh, Week 17, when you're watching them against the Lions, they are not capable of stopping runs in between the tackles. You're getting five a pop every time. Seattle is not capable of running in between the tackles now, it looks like. The one thing about Pete Carroll coach teams is typically they start slow in a season and then they get hot later on. He figures it out somehow. Russell Wilson gets hot. They figure it out. Maybe they can figure it out in the playoffs now on the fly. But as a Packers hater, and I hate Green Bay so fucking much, I just think that they might be able to. I'm not going to be surprised if they do it. And they're four point favorites. I shouldn't be surprised. I'm terrified. I am absolutely terrified. You are you hate watching the Packers this weekend? I'm I'm gonna hate watch. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna hate watch them, and I'm I might be in tears because they. Yeah, fuck, 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 fuck. All sorry, I, got all my obscenities <laughs> out at once. All I want from this weekend in the NFC is 
I want either both NFC North teams to win or both NFC West teams to win. Hmm. I think like a, like a third match between oh, yeah. either would just be so compelling yeah. that, that it would be awesome. This is sort of my um, Houston game for Armand that like I'm just going to stay away from right now in terms of making like a straight up pick because like like the sea like the Seahawks so underwhelmed me last week with playing a bad Eagles yeah, they team. They should have smashed the Eagles. But, like they should have beat them by a lot. <laughs> yeah, they should. But the Packers were like they had a bye on the line against the Lions who needed to lose and needed a game-winning field goal as time expired in a dome against the third worst team in the NFL. Like that's as bad as it gets too. Like these teams suck. These yeah. are two not good teams. Um and so I think it's like a lot of it's going to be like can Zadarius Smith like take down Russell Wilson? Like, is Ru- Wilson going to be able to bustle his way around and make enough plays just to keep drives alive? And I think the answer is no to your first question, yes to your second question, which is why I'm going to the Seahawks. Listen, I, Aaron Rodgers has, I mean, to your credit, Armand, he he just isn't the same guy, and maybe it's because he doesn't trust his receivers. Maybe it's on. Green Bay's general management to put better weapons around him, but it's just he he doesn't seem like the same guy to me, whereas Russell Wilson has been propping up this kind of underwhelming average Seattle team, and I think he does it again here. You, you know, it's a road game, but who do you think wants – I don't know what the weather is in Lambeau, but who do you think – It's cold. Is, yeah, it's going to be cold. Who do you <laughs> think, snow, think is better suited to play a game in the cold, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, the younger guy, I, I would go him at this stage, and I think that he's going to do enough on the ground, through the air. I expect it to be a low-scoring game. I've got the Seahawks, and, you know, just to wrap it up, I've got the 49ers, Ravens, Kansas City. Um Guys, final question before we end this podcast. How many teams, Tony mentioned it, do you think of this group, these eight teams, can win the Super Bowl? I think, honestly, legitimately can't see Tennessee winning it, and I can't see Green Bay winning it, but I could see the other six. Interesting, and I actually agree. Houston? You could see Houston winning the Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus, okay. (laughs) Deshaun Watts? (laughs) <laughs> my my, my so prediction crazy. before these playoffs was that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are going to take that next step and they're going to go into superstar. Do, do you want to do some? Do you want to know some uh, inside uh, basketball, inside baseball information on Armand? I do you know don't. what he does for his hot takes? What's up? So Armand will go to the Vegas odds and then he'll go down as low as he can go, and the ones that have even the most remotely conceivable chance of happening, he takes them. So I think the Texas what were they like? 35 to 1 or 40 to 1. I did not end up betting that. But the the point is, is that he wants to get in on the ground floor so when it happens, it explodes. The problem is, is that this Texans team is the most ordinary vanilla team that just has an amazing quarterback that can't win a Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to win. I got three. Vikings, Niners, Chiefs, Ravens. Those are those are the four that I could see. Packers can't win it. Seahawks can't win it. Titans I'm adding it. the Packers Seahawks because they've beaten the 49ers before. And then once you're in the Super Bowl, like anything can happen. That would so be my fifth team. Those those five teams are, are for me. And then you, Evan. Uh, I got the Chiefs, Ravens, and 49ers. That's it for me. Okay. Well, why only those three? I mean, those guys have been the juggernauts of the NFL this season. Um, why is there no other team that you can talk yourself into um, winning it? I mean, I just I just don't. Your boy Kirk Cousins, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You like boy. that? I, <laughs> yeah, that's my boy. I don't know. I just I think I don't know if the the like I've been beating the drum for Kirk Cousins. Love Kirk Cousins. I just don't know if he can, like you said, go to San Francisco and beat him. It's gonna be a tough 
tough task for that. Um, like you said, he hasn't been making those bonehead plays, but I'm sure he's going to do something that's that's probably going to take them out of the running. Um, I just think the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the 49ers just have the best all-around teams. Um, they each do something the best. The, the uh, Chiefs can pass down the field the best. The Ravens got the best. The Ravens and 49ers had the best rushing attack as well as very good defenses. So I just think that, you know, no other teams in this in this field can really compete with them. I mean, I'm not sold on Tannehill. I sold Russell Wilson uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. You guys mentioned it. They both have the, both teams have their flaws, which I think is too great for them to overcome to win the Super Bowl. So, all right. Well, there we have it. Armand Andrade, Tony Garcia, Evan Brooks, Joseph Nasser. That's all the time we have for this episode of this sports podcast. Remember to uh, like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on the Apple Store. We forgot to talk about our bet really quick. My bet idea. That Go we for it. What's Tony, your bet? What's your bet? Okay, so. Here's the premise of it. Obviously, diehard Chicago fan that I am, and Mr. Garcia being a Detroit fan that he is, so I'm proposing a wager to do double or nothing, and you have to dress up as basically, I I guess I wouldn't dress up like it now, but you could say like 14-year-old me for a day. So I'm going to provide you the Kobe White jersey. I'm going to provide you the Bulls shorts. It's going to be cold. I can provide you a Bulls sweater. You could do Bears version of it if you want. It doesn't matter. But that's basically the premise of it. So basically, so the pink, the pink uh, bet that we already have. The pink sweater. And the Le'Veon Bell bet. The, and now Armand. Okay. Me. And so what happens if you lose? I, I do these on separate days. You could do it on the same day. What happens if you lose? Uh, well, he always wears the sw- one, so You wear the he, sweater. I, I, and then I don't have to wear the sweater. Yes. Then he doesn't have to do anything. And so it's so so it seems like it's double or nothing. Do, okay, double or nothing. I mean, do, do you agree to the terms what, of this? What, it, what, what happens if our money bet? Oh, I should have clarified. Vikings <laughs> Niners. Uh, I have the n- Niners. You have the Vikings. I'm offering the spread if you want it. I mean, if I already not, gotta wear a pink sweater. I might as well throw some cool shirts on it. So that's fine. But the Kobe White jersey is essential. Okay, I can do it. So you're gonna dress oh. up full Bulls gear or Bears. On yeah, on the on the day. Can you make a more Mitch jersey? Yeah, you can, you can do. Should we mix Mitch and match? sucks, bro. Do the mix, mix That's all the time we have for today. Peace out. Oh my god. Six and a half.